welcome to the Partners for Access Wear Disease and Cell and Gene Therapy Weekly Roundup. I'm your host, Aparna Krishnan. Every week, we at Partners for Access will bring to you the most important news developments in the orphan drug cell and gene therapy world and what they mean for you. This week, we will look at the new drug pricing plans in the US unveiled by the Trump administration and the response from industry stakeholders, as well as new developments in cystic fibrosis, specifically the CFTR modulator therapies. In recent days, the Trump administration announced a series of measures that would impact the way drugs are reimbursed in Medicare Part B. P4A's analyst Max Rex is here to tell us more. Last week, President Trump announced in a speech a new plan put together by the Department of Health and Human Services, along with the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, to try and reduce the prices paid for prescription drugs through Medicare. The focus of this new plan is on Medicare Part B, which covers, amongst other things, outpatient drugs. There are three key changes proposed in this new report. The first, substituting private sector pharmaceutical vendors for the current buy-and-bill practice, where physicians purchase their drugs for Medicare. Currently, physicians buy Part B drugs from distributors or specialty pharmacies and then bill Medicare for the expense they've paid. Under this new proposal, there will be a new group of private sector vendors introduced to this system. These vendors would purchase the drugs from these pharmacies and then supply those to the clinicians. The reasoning behind this is that these private sector vendors could negotiate with the distributors and using techniques like volume-based purchasing, they could get additional discounts helping to drive down the cost that Medicare pays. These vendors would then compete for physicians' business by offering various different types of incentive. This is a big change to the Medicare system, as currently there is no way that Medicare can negotiate with pharmaceutical companies. The introduction of these third-party vendors at least allows some negotiation of discounts to help reduce the cost that Medicare pays. The second key change is in how Medicare calculates the cost of the drugs it buys. Currently, it uses a system whereby it pays the average sales price of the drug plus 6% of what the drug costs to the physicians after they buy the drug. Under the new proposals, the 6% figure would be replaced with a flat fee. Although the exact details of the flat fee are yet to be determined, the reasoning behind this change is to try and disincentivize physicians prescribing very high-cost drugs when cheaper alternatives are available. The third and final change is the implementation of international reference pricing. Prices of drugs in certain countries will be used to create a pricing index, which will in turn be used to calculate the average sales price of drugs. 16 countries are included in the initial report. All of these are economically developed countries similar to the US, including the UK, Germany and Japan. But it is not clear at this point if all 16 of these will be used or not. The Department of Health and Human Services just released a report claiming that on average the US pays 1.8 times as much as other developed countries for drugs. 
So the aim of this particular proposal would be to bring down the cost of US drugs by around 30% to be closer to its international comparators. The proposal put forward would only be for a pilot program that would be applied to half of Medicare Part B. The proposal would run as a pilot program that would apply to half of Medicare Part B. The pilot would run from 2020 to 2025 and in that time is expected to save Medicare $17.2 billion. The proposal is currently in a consultation period and is expected to be published in full in spring 2019. Medicare Part B accounts for about 8% of US drug spending. As soon as this proposal was published last week, it elicited a predictably very strong response from the pharmaceutical industry. The main pharmaceutical trade association, the Pharmaceutical Research and Manufacturers of America, or PHRMA, released a statement saying, quote, The administration is imposing foreign price controls from countries with socialized healthcare systems that deny their citizens access and discourage innovation. These proposals are to the detriment of American patients. End quote. Some pharma companies will be disproportionately hit by these changes, including Amgen, who have revenues of $3.7 billion from Medicare Part B, and Regeneron, for whom two-thirds of their US revenue comes from Part B. Reducing the high cost of drugs was a key campaign issue then-candidate Trump. This proposal, along with another recent proposal to force pharma companies to disclose list prices of drugs in direct-to-consumer advertising, both come very close to the midterm elections to the House and the Senate. Given this proximity, and the fact that the proposal is not particularly detailed about how these policies would be enforced, suggests that it is more of a political statement than a concrete policy. This seems to show that there will be a lot of opportunity for pharma companies to try and convince the administration to scale back these reforms. The pharmaceutical industry is one of the most powerful lobbying groups in Washington, so they are well positioned to fight these changes. To add to this lobbying power, there's a good chance that many physicians will be very angry with some of these changes, and so the marriage of pharma and clinicians could be a very powerful one indeed. So as I mentioned before, there are remarkably few details about how these changes will be enforced. Medicare Part B has an obligation to cover anything that is, quote, reasonable and necessary for the diagnosis or treatment of illness or injury, end quote. This gives pharma a lot of power and leverage when setting prices, as Medicare cannot say no to a drug just because it is too expensive. These newly created third-party vendors will try and negotiate lower prices with pharma, but pharma may well be able to just say no. Unless these third-party vendors are given some negotiating power, for instance, the ability to exclude drugs that do not get enough of a discount, it is difficult to see how this policy will have any actual effect on drug prices. This pricing plan is likely to just be the beginning of a series of proposals that could shake the pharmaceutical industry and other healthcare stakeholders. Given what is at stake, this process will likely be a long and vicious battle between the two sides. P4A will be following these developments and providing updates as they arise. And now on to Vertex's approval of Simvaki combination from the European Commission. Jack Rawson, analyst from P4A, is here to tell us more. 
Today we received news that the EU has approved Vertex's new drug, Simveki, in combination with Calideco for cystic fibrosis patients. The treatment brings together Vertex's three successful CFTR, or cystic fibrosis conductance regulator modulator drugs. These are Texacaftor, Evacaftor, and Calideco in a triple combination regimen. The approval was based on a study involving this combination, therein showing benefits across different cystic fibrosis populations. When compared to placebo, Vertex's combination achieved a high of 6.8% points lung function, which is an important measure in cystic fibrosis patients. The approval is great news for some patients who do not have an effective disease-modifying treatment until now. CFTR modulating therapies basically correct the malfunctioning protein called CFTR that is found in CF patients. By doing this, they address the underlying cause of the disease. The CFTR protein channel that regulates the flow of water and chloride ions on organ linings, like the lungs, is defected in cystic fibrosis patients. And this defect means an accumulation of mucus, which triggers infections. One of Vertex's drugs, Evacaftor, which is developed by Vertex, binds the defective protein and allows the flow of water and chloride ions. The most common mutation is the Delta F508 mutation, which has a worldwide frequency of up to 70% of all cystic fibrosis patients. The newly approved triple combination by Vertex works by targeting this mutation and 14 other mutations where the CFTR protein shows residual activity. The presence of different mutations causes diverse problems, which means that not all drugs work for all patients. Vertex is the current market leader with their combination therapies, which are commercially available and in phase 3 trials. These combination therapies use drugs which address the defect in different ways, such as keeping the channel open and making sure the protein folds correctly. However, big pharma companies like Novartis and AbbVie are also chasing this segment, with the former currently having drugs in phase 2, but these companies are fairly behind. Simon Lem, regional manager of Northern Europe for Vertex, said in a report by PharmaTimes, and I quote, Vertex are rapidly moving towards 90% of cystic fibrosis patients, end quote. This means that Vertex could have a substantial market share before other competitors introduce their products. Abvi had a setback in June which showed underwhelming results in their Phase 2 study. This was in a partnership with Galapagos, using a combination of their experimental C2 corrector with one of Vertex's drugs or Cambi. Abvi's drug fell well short in terms of efficacy, achieving a 3.4% change compared to Vertex's Simveki which achieved a 6.8% change. A week ago, it was announced that AbbVie acquired Galapagos's cystic fibrosis pipeline for $45 million up front, with the entire deal being worth up to $245 million. With AbbVie taking control of the partnership, there is speculation that they are better placed to leverage their medicinal chemistry and small molecule drug discovery in the cystic fibrosis space. And that's it for this week. For more news and analysis, go to our website www.partnersforaccess.com Subscribe to our podcast from iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts and do share your thoughts in the comment section. Thanks for listening. See you next week.